Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Can you say amen again? All right, say this with me. We have freedom in Christ. I am freed to be free. Come on now. So, before I get into this, there's a, a couple of scriptures that came to my mind that I wanted to uh, give to you today. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. Oh, that word long-suffering is patient toward us. I forgot my S there. I apologize. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let me say that one more, one more again. That's what we said in Alabama. One more again. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God don't want us to just die in our sins. He's not willing that any of us should perish, but that all of us would come to repentance. Without repentance, you can't get saved. You, you have to have an acknowledgement that you need God. You, you, you have to have an acknowledgement that somehow you know you've been away from him. You have to have an acknowledgement that you don't know what you're doing. You have to have an acknowledgement that you really need him. So once you repent, then you can receive salvation. You can't be saved unless you renounce who you've been. You, you, you have to say, well, Lord, I know I'm a sinner because you do know. And all of us that were in our sins, we knew we were sinners, right? Come on now. There's no way you thought that somehow you was righteously sinning. There's no way you can be a holy sinner. Amen. We all knew. I knew because I've spent many, many years doing it. And I did. And I was good at it. I was I was good at sinning. And some of you guys were good, too. Come on. Y'all looking at me like, I don't know what pastor's talking about. I was born saved. I came out of the womb speaking in tongues. Yeah, you were speaking, but it wasn't in tongues. So since we've all fall short, we all have to come to a revelation that, you know, my little plans are not going to work. And I need a true and living God to help me deliver me from me. Because the biggest enemy is not the devil, saints of God. The biggest enemy is, is, is not the culture. It's not uh, racism. It's not what we think the enemy is. The biggest enemy is the enemy in the me. The biggest enemy you ever going to fight is the enemy within you. Because you're the one that's going to talk you out of anything. Usually the devil has no hand in it when you talk your own self out of it. And since he's a defeated foe, because you, you are in the true gospel teaching church, that the enemy is already defeated. So we don't have to bring him up. He's already defeated. Amen. So the name we're going to bring up is the name that's above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on the earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the name that we're going to hype up. The name of Jesus. For there is no other name given among men by which we can be saved but at the name of Jesus. So we have no need to hype up the enemy at all. He's defeated, saints of God. The only name you should be bringing up is the name of Jesus. Am I in the right place today? See, see, when you come to that repentance, then you can come here. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. And behold... All things have become new. Come on, somebody. All things have become new. He says you are a new creature. So I, I know I brought this up last Sunday, but I didn't tell you about that little three-letter word, new. Let me tell you about that word right there. That, that is a powerful word. That, that word, new, actually means a new kind, unprecedented, un. 
common, unheard of. Let me say that one more time because that just seemed like you didn't get too encouraged by it. So it means a new kind, unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of. If any man, black man, white man, doesn't matter if you're from Russia or Australia, it doesn't matter if you are from Zimbabwe <laughs> or from, from, from the Ukraine, if any man be in Christ, he is uncommon, unprecedented, unheard of. Why? Because this man, filled with the power of God, is one of the most powerful beings on the earth. You are uncommon. You are unprecedented. You are unheard of because the devil has never faced anybody like you before. He is afraid of you. This is why he attacks you. He's afraid of you because you are uncommon. You are a new creation, saints of God. When you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, at that moment you became powerful. Am I helping somebody? See, I, I can't stand when folks, when their testimony is, you know, the devil was with me last night. So that's a testimony? That the devil was with you? So my, my question is, aren't you a Christian? Why is the devil hanging with you? Well, okay, all right, maybe, maybe, because uh, uh, when I read in the Bible, the Bible teaches me that light repels darkness. So either you don't have any or you never turn the light on. Because he shouldn't just be hanging out with you. It, it, can I teach y'all the real gospel? This stuff hanging out with the devil. I ain't no, he ain't hanging out with me. No, 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 no. No, Apostle Paul said, what fellowship does light have with darkness? No, you're supposed to repel darkness. You're not supposed to be complicit with darkness. You're supposed to be convicting people of their sins, not complying with what they want to do. Oh, but you want to fit in. My, my bad, my bad. You want to fit in. You don't want to offend people because they might talk bad about you. They might say you are judgmental. So there's a couple of things I can say about them. But I choose not to. Why? Because I got the Holy Ghost. Because if you didn't have the Holy Ghost, that, there's a couple of things you might have already said to somebody. Uh, hello, hello, somebody. Okay, all right. Y'all want the little easy message, so let me, let me move on then. And so, so if any man, somebody say, I'm in Christ right now. See, you were not reformed, rehabilitated, or reeducated, or restrained. You were reborn, redeemed, and released. When you are in Christ, everything inside of you changes. Therefore, when you are in him, there was, there should be an outward manifestation of an inward work. So the God in you should change everything about what you do. It changes what you say. It changes how you appeal to other people. It, it stops you from being so angry. It stops you from being so anal. It stops you from being so selfish. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to the right church today? 
All right, even if it's not you, you probably know somebody that's selfish. So I'm not even talking about you. I'm just talking about the person in your seat this morning. And so, so don't even worry about it. Don't even, don't, even, don't, even go, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. I'm just talking about that person. And so, so this is why we need the Holy Ghost, because if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we will revert back to who we used to be, who we used to be before the new creation, and that's the person you didn't even like. What would you say, Elder, toe up from the floor? Right? You, you don't know anybody like that, do you? Need a checkup from the neck up because you're all crazy. You know you're crazy. You know you're crazy. Come on. Come. Now, why y'all looking at me like that? You know you were crazy. Hello, somebody. Can, can I get a witness in here? You know you were crazy. You know you needed God to change you. Right? But see, now you're a different kind of crazy. Glory to God. Now you're crazy about the Lord. Amen. Now, listen, you don't have to change your personality. You can just be a different kind of crazy. Now, I can come into places and I can talk about this crazy God that I serve that's willing to die for crazy people. Who would die for crazy folk? Somebody say Jesus. He died for my crazy behind over 2,000 years ago. Hello, somebody. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about up in here. Let me encourage you with this word. I gave you this last Sunday. It said, you are a designer's original. Therefore, if you try to change something about who you really are, you will become a counterfeit self. Don't be a counterfeit you. You don't have to be like nobody else. You be who you are. Girl, you preach that glorious gospel in that community. Just like God told you to. You just get rid of old Diane and come on up in there with the word of God. Amen. Because when the anointing kicks in, you don't know what you're doing. You just, you just letting God be God. Amen. And, but then when you come off of it, that's when you get back in the flesh. Right. That's what, that's what I got to pray about. We got to be careful about that. Right. And so, so but when the anointing kicks in, man, you, you, you just lose all of that fear. You know, I get nervous every time I come before God's people. But as soon as I start preaching, you know, the anointing kicks in, and then it's like some of the stuff I said, Lord, did I really say that? They're going to be mad at me. And God said, don't worry about it. If they mad at you, they mad at me. I said, okay. <laughs> I'm good with that, right? Yeah, they're going to be mad at him. I mean, you know, so that's good because he told me to preach it. Don't be a counterfeit self. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a counterfeit self. So you are free to be free. And then uh, before we get into... Uh, I told you two points last week, and I'm going to finish the other three points today. He, God, has delivered us from the domain of the powers of darkness and transferred or translated us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now, last week, I talked to you a little bit. I haven't gotten into it deep enough today, but there is a doctrine called the doctrine of separation, that we are separated from some things. And that's, that's where a lot of people stop, but we don't realize that we've been separated to some things. So I wanted to bring you the scripture so you can, uh, uh, just, we can really break the scripture down so you can have a full understanding. See, notice it says you delivered from something. But it didn't stop right there, saints. We were translated to something. So what we're talking about now is I'm giving you five things that we are separated from, and then we'll get into some things we're separated to. So this is the doctrine of separation. So we're free to be free, so we are separated from some things. So the first thing I talked about last Sunday was asceticism. It's a big word. Don't worry about it. This is what it means. It's a severe self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. So in other words, you try to use your church going as your relationship. Or what you do in church or your church name. You ain't saved just because you go into a big church. 
If you ask people, you, you know the Lord, I go to blah, blah, blah church. Yeah. I ain't ask you what church you go to. I ask you, did you know the Lord? Because a lot of times you don't know the pastor no way. So, so here's the deal. So you can't use all your routines as your relationship with Christ. Right? So I gave you a principle. The first principle I said, no amount of devotional discipline or denial of the body will make us acceptable to God on our own terms. You, you can't do it. You can't work. This is not about work, saints of God. This is about grace. We are under the dispensation of grace. Jesus died for you. So now by faith, through grace, by faith through grace, we are saved. So you, this is not of your own doing, lest any man should boast. This is the gift of God. Somebody says a gift. Jesus died to give you a gift. It is the gift of God. And the point I want to make is we pursue God through the body and personal discipline because he has already accepted us and made us his very own. We already accepted in the beloved. All we have to do is receive that and walk in it. Hello, somebody. And see, sometimes we grope and plead. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to get this relationship with God when you need to just let it be. Hello, somebody. Am I, am I helping somebody here? I remember when I first got saved, my wife would tell you, I went way overboard because I was way out there, man. I was out in the uttermost. I wasn't even close to the camp. Some of y'all didn't have the, the God didn't have to go far to save you. But some of us, I probably got maybe two or three in the house that, that <laughs> Sam, Sam said, Sam said, that's me. Some of us, God had to go pretty deep. You know, had to read <laughs> way down. <laughs> you know, from the miry clay, amen, and set our feet on a rock to stay. And so, so he had to reach way, way, way down uh, for, for some of us, right? So that's why I'm so thankful that Jesus loved me enough to not give up on me. Amen? That, that's a good thing. See, because the person that you see right now is not the person you want to meet back then. I promise you, you wouldn't want to meet me back then. My wife would tell you, you wouldn't want to, she didn't want to have me with me back then. You know, because I was arrogant. I was, I, I would cuss you out in a heartbeat. I, I didn't care about your little feelings. You know, come on, you, you too. See, see, Deacon has said, me too. Somebody said, me too. When you cuss somebody out with a drop of a hat, somebody said, me too. Oh, yeah, yeah, we sure would. I would come up with some words. I would be creative. I would even combine some cuss words. They didn't even sound right, but I would put them together. Because I was mad about that thing, boy. You know, I was, <laughs> glory to God. And so, but back then, man, I, I mean, I was way out there. But then I went overboard the other way when I got saved. And then all I wanted to do was read the word and pray and all that other stuff. I didn't, I didn't have that balance, right? And so, so I was crazy in the hood. But then when I got saved, I got crazy in heaven. Right? So now all I want to do is pray and read the word. And, and then my wife was like, hey, look, honey, you, you, you know, you need to spend some time with us. And I was like, no, baby, I got to get in this word. You don't understand. God's got something for us. But, you know, and I'm just all, and I'm using the Bible to justify my ignorance. I know you've never done that before, right? Yeah, yeah, I know y'all, yeah. Y'all just, y'all just as hood as I am. Come on. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll let you slide this time. All right. And, and, and you can be white and in the hood, too, so. Don't even try that with me. Y'all looking at me like, what's hood? <laughs> you know what the hood is. Yeah, yeah, right, Erica? You know what the hood is. <laughs> She's white chocolate, so she knows, she knows what the hood is. 
And, and so, so I had to come with some balance, right? You had to balance that thing out. You, you just can't read the Bible every day, all day, 24 hours a day, right? You got to find some balance in that, saints of God. And so, but, but a lot of times people think because you're not doing that, somehow you're not acceptable by God. Because some people have more time to do that than you do, and sometimes they can make you feel bad because you're not doing it. A- a- amen? And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I work, I work hard just like you do. I work every day. She works every day. And we pastor a church. And we have children. And so, so you have to work hard to find that balance. But I refuse to allow anybody to tell me I should be praying for six hours a day. Where in the world I'm going to find six hours a day to be praying? Right? You, you got 24 hours in a day. That's it. So it, 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 it's not... The quantity. Can I help somebody out today? But I can probably get a prayer through better in my little 15 minutes of praying than somebody going through their little religious routine for six hours. Come on, somebody. Because I have a relationship. I'm not trying to perform for God. I am his and he's mine. Come on, somebody. When you know that, you don't have to go through all of that ritualistic stuff. You know who you are in God. The song said, I know who I am. Yeah. And when you know who you are in God, you don't have to perform for people. You can be free. Yeah. I'm free preaching today because I'm not here trying to impress nary one of you. Amen. All right. The next one was uh, judgmentalism. Ooh. Continually having or displaying an excessively critical point of view. See, you shouldn't always be critical of everybody. Hello, somebody. And I know, and see, I need your prayers. Okay? <laughs> this is why I need your prayers. I'm, I'm very anal. And I know me. I know me better than anybody. I'm real anal. I'm anal about things. I want things a certain way. I want it done with excellence. But I have to make sure that I'm not too critical. You have to have that balance. See, I could be transparent in this church because I'm not trying to impress you. I know I have a problem in this area because I want things done right. If we're going to start a church, we're going to do it right. When we have service, it's going to be done right. Why? Because I want to make sure that God can look down at what we're doing and he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you rule over many. Now enter therein into the joy of the Lord. Right? But sometimes... That rightness can get out of balance, and I can get critical. Am I talking to the right church today? I know that's an area where I, ha- I need prayer. That's an area where I need help, because I don't want to be judgmental. Right? But I do want to do things right. Here's the principle. We do not morally judge one another, for Christ's death on the cross has paid the price for us. He suffered God's wrath, and the penalty of death in our place, and freed us from God's ultimate judgment. And see, this, this is the, the, the neat thing about this is Christ delivered us from being judged. He did. He delivered us from being judged. See, justice, I know a lot of people are, are, are saying we need justice today. But they, they may not understand the definition of that word. Justice means you get what you deserve. <laughs> We deserved to die in our sins. 
Jesus died and suffered the wrath of God so that we can receive mercy instead of what we deserved. Oh, man, I don't know if y'all seeing this with me. Are, you, are, you, are we judging ourselves on the same level as we judge others? Oh, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I stopped last Sunday. So let's go into point number three. Y'all ready? All right, point number three. Uh, we're freed from something. So the next point that we're freed from is this one, legalism. Legalism. Let me give you a definition. Having an excessive adherence to the law. Obedience to God's law does not afford us righteousness, but produces a paralyzing sense of condemnation and guilt. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, I'm going to just read it to you, and I'm going to give you another scripture in just a second. Just put this in your notes. It says, do not think that I have come to abolish or destroy the law or the prophets. I have, come, I have not come to abolish them. I have come to fulfill them. One thing we need to understand, saints of God, is no man has ever fulfilled the law but Jesus. He perfectly fulfilled every law. None of us, none of us can fulfill the law. If we are under the law, you deserve justice, which means you need to die right now. That's where we are without Jesus. So let me, let me give you this point here. Jesus transferred rules to die by into principles to live by. That's what he did. He made a transfer. There was an exchange that happened on the cross of Calvary. Now the law are rules to live by. Now they are rules to die by. Now they are principles to live by. That's why we take the principles out of the gospel message and we apply them to our lives so that we can continue to live in him because he did die for us. Is this making sense at all? So here, here's the point. You can't think somehow that you're going to follow some religion and fulfill the law as a man. Because if you try to fulfill the law, there's no salvation in the law. There is absolutely no salvation in the law. Why would I say that? Well, let me just give you the scripture. I'm going to prove to you this is what the Bible is saying. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we who have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh, no flesh shall be justified. No man can live by the law and be justified. The reason I say that is we got a lot of these pop-up religions that are now following the law. We got one called the, the Black Hebrew Israelites. It's been around for a long time. It didn't just pop up, right? And they believe that they follow, they are the original Israelites, they are the original Jews, even though they can't place the lineage back and all of that stuff because we, we belong to Jesus because of blood. <laughs> Amen. We're Abraham's seed because we received the appropriation of what Jesus did on the cross and he became the propitiation of the substitute so that when we received him into our hearts, we became into the bloodline of Jesus Christ based on that, right? So I don't have to trace my lineage back to Peter. I can trace my lineage back to Jesus. 
That's good enough for me. Peter didn't die for me, but Jesus did. So if you want to follow the law, in the law, who died for you? Not in the law. Nobody. Nobody died for you, so there was no substitute for sin. So if you are trying to keep the law and live, Apostle Peter, Paul, is very clear. The works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. If you think somehow you can keep the Ten Commandments, just ten. That's just ten. It's called the Decalogue. It's just ten. Now, no, now there were 613 laws handed down from Moses. I just want to give you ten. And if you think you can keep those ten, oh, take your best shot. It's not going to happen. Jesus is the only one who perfectly, perfectly fulfill the law and die for us. I know we get into this stuff about the color of Jesus, if he was black, if he was white, and da-da-da-da-da. I know we get into that. I know because we're in this racially divided society that we live in and all this, that, and the other. And I know, you know, and the Bible's very clear what Jesus looked like. He didn't have blue eyes. We know that. He, he had eyes like the flames of fire. Now, when I used to drink, <laughs> you know yeah so when I read the Bible when I was <laughs> man I don't even know why I'm telling y'all this so when I because I came off of the street so I didn't grow up in a denomination and stuff I came out of the street so when I read that Jesus had eyes like the flames of fire I was like dad Jesus drank like me I was like, man, I like this Jesus, man. You know, eyes like the flames of fire. We know that's, that's, that's red. But do you realize sometimes when fire gets real hot, it's blue? <laughs> it's the hottest fire. So, okay. <laughs> Hair like lamb's wool. That's pretty thick. Right, it wasn't flowy. <laughs> Lamb wool, you know, it's like what my hair used to look like. <laughs> y'all, y'all wouldn't know that, but <laughs> on the back of my neck, like men with their fist ball up on the back of my neck. You, you guys remember? Let me divert a little bit. You guys remember back in the hood, you know? Uh, see, you had to see. <laughs> do you guys remember back in the day when you had that press and comb? See, a lot of people wouldn't know what I'm talking about, and you had to put it in that little thing to make it hot. And man, you would hear, you, you hear that, 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 that scene, you hear stuff yeah. pop. <laughs> yeah, your mama said, hold still, girl. That's what I used to hear. How many of y'all? Boy, that just, whew. I'm glad we delivered. <laughs> how, how many of you ladies know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't even know why I got on that. <laughs> but he had feet like brass. That's probably the color of my glasses. That's pretty dark. Well, he lived in an area that was hot. You don't find too many, you know, when you're over there, you don't find too many people that's too light-skinned or high yellow. And you don't find too many cream folks. It's hot. So the heat 
naturally it's going to darken you up a little bit, especially if you're not black because we've got a special pigment in our skin. But, you know, we tan too, right? We, we have to put on sunscreen just like anybody else. Amen? And so, but listen, I, don't, I choose not to get into those debates. I physically have never seen Christ with my eyes. I've seen him in the spirit, and I can't tell you what color he is, right? So I choose to rather give you the final points of the principles of the gospel message than to try to get in specifics that don't nobody know about. Amen? Amen? So don't get into those vain philosophies and debates with people. Uh, all of that's going to do is cause you to get angry, and then nobody's going to be edified. Here's the principle. No human being can become righteous or acceptable to God by trying to keep his laws because of our flesh, because our flesh is sinful and weak. No one can be acceptable on the basis of simply obeying God's commands. You, no, 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 no. There's a lot of things that go into that. For one, he told us that we need to forgive each other. And that's the big one right there. That is the hard one. Because there's some folks you'd rather slap than forgive. Am I talking to the right church? Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Am, am I up in there? Some folks, you just, I know I'm the pastor and I shouldn't be saying stuff like that. The pastor in Indian Trail said you should slap people. See, I know they'll take stuff like this and they'll change the words because they're always trying to make sure pastors are saying something wrong. We make an easy target right? And so a lot of times they don't even understand the heart of the person. It's easy to tear somebody down when they're down. It, it is easy. It is easy to rate the whole church on one person who disobeyed God. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty deep, isn't it? Because if one pastor decided to do what he did, now all of a sudden all churches are bad. Right? But to me, that's judgmentalism. But when you point the fingers back the other way at the culture, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Well, I'm telling you the truth that you need to legislate how you live. So that's not judgmentalism. That's truth. Because <laughs> the world wants answers, but they don't want truth. Oh, let me give you my next point. Okay, I got a right and a yes right and, and a mm. <laughs> I'll take all of that point. The righteousness we, we possess... And our walk with God is not on the basis of our attempt to keep his law, but through faith in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. See, the moment, saints of God, matter of fact, I tell people this all the time, when you wear a cross with Jesus on it, that's the wrong God. Jesus is not on the cross, saints of God. You know who should be on that cross? <laughs> Me. So you should have a little picture of yourself on the cross. Because <laughs> that's what we should be is on the cross Dying every day to this flesh Amen Because this flesh oh Man this flesh This flesh can be a beast Right I'm telling you right now if you, don't, if, you're not, if you don't stay in the word Reading the word Worshiping Praying You know Fulfilling that you know, Having the fulfillment of God Keeping him in your mind Praying uh, about him and, and through the word of God, just having some words on your mouth saying, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I love you, Lord. Just walking, just nothing going on, but you're keeping those words in your forefront. Don't you know there might be some other words that might come out of your mouth? 
Oh, wait a minute. I'm, am I in the right church this morning? It just happened. See, because and when it, soon as it, soon as it's released, you go, man, I wish I can. Because see, once those words are released, they're in the atmosphere, right? The, the biggest, this is the biggest lie I've ever heard. Now, let me see. You might know this one. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's new. <laughs> Sticks and stones <laughs> break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That's the biggest lie. I don't even know who came up with that garbage. Where I am today, I would just tell you, just pop me upside the head with a brick. <laughs> but when you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you lie on me, see, those words, they go down deep when somebody lie on you. It, 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 it's, it's, it hurts, man, when especially, okay, since I'm in this house, especially when you're close to people that lie on you. Somebody that you thought had your back. And then you find out they were the ones talking bad about you in the first place. Boy, that thing right there is hurtful, guys. Man, don't you know, as pastors, we have, boy, we have gone through that so many times in our lives. People in the church talking bad about you. Yeah, he don't know what he's doing. I might not. <laughs> I might not know what I'm doing because I ain't want to do this. He told me to do it, right? But here's the deal. If you think you can do a better job, And, and, and if you think you can do a better job, where's your church? What, what, what are you doing to change the community? How many marriages were healed in your ministry? How many people have been saved because of your preaching? It's easy to point fingers when you're doing nothing. And I don't apologize for what God is doing in my life. You should never apologize for what God is doing in your life. Don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about the lies of the enemy. You keep walking along that path that God has called you on, and then God will continue to bless you while they're still talking at the barbershop. You're still getting blessed. You're still helping people. You're still delivering people. God can put another word in your mouth to heal the same people who are talking bad about you. Come on now. The same guys that talk bad about Job had to go back to Job. Hello, somebody. All right, is this, is this freeing enough for you? That's number three. All right, this number four. Ooh, look at that one. Oh, somebody said, uh-oh. Mm-hmm, traditionalism. Let me tell you what this one means. This one means the maintaining of tradition to a fault and resistance to change. You know, people who are in traditionalism, they don't like change. Oh, heavens to Betsy. If you got... A pastor that might come into a denominational church. Now, I hate using generalities, but this has happened a lot of times in different denominations where you have a good pastor that'll come in and he start laying it down. Boom, boom, boom. And then the deacon board says, no, we can't, we can't, we can't have him up in here. (laughs) We got to, we got to, so they start having those secret meetings. They start having those secret meetings, and then all of a sudden, you don't see that good man anymore. See, there's something wrong with that. Let, let, me, let, let me explain something. In this church, this church is not a democracy. You don't get to vote me in or vote me out. There ain't no voting in here. Because in every church, you got people on all spiritual levels. You got somebody hadn't been to church in six months coming on the day of the vote. 
how in the world is that person going to vote the right person in? We hadn't seen your behind in six months. Then you're going to come in and vote the spiritual things of the church. We, haven't, we don't even know who you are. Am I talking to the right church? No, this is a theocracy. This is based on God. It's not based on you. See, it's not about the majority of the people. It's about the majority of God. That's why it's a theocracy. Am I talking to the right people? No, that's why I'm probably one of the most untraditional people you ever want to meet. I, I didn't want to have this traditional church. We have some traditions. But I don't do a lot of the stuff, that, that, a lot of that stuff. I don't do nothing on New Year's Eve. Don't come asking me. I ain't doing it. I'm going to be at home. All for the, see, I used to be one of the ones on the streets half drunk New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sam? Hanging out the window. Happy New Year! Yay! <laughs> Avoiding roadblocks. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you start seeing those blue lights but it's nothing more sobering than blue lights boy that'll dry your that'll dry your high up quick won't it <laughs> you, you can't even haul a dry woo <laughs> alright y'all crazy let me give y'all so y'all getting me in trouble. <laughs> the Bible says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, Christ, dwells the fullness of God in bodily form. See, man, the empty deceit and vain philosophies. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, what was I? <laughs> when your wife touch you, boy, you just, <laughs> your brain just, <laughs> come on now. See, this, this, old, this old vain philosophies and empty deceit and traditions. I mean, now, some traditions are good. Amen. Some, some are good. But I'm not talking about traditions. I'm talking about traditionalism which means you put the tradition above the commands of God. That's what I'm saying here, saints of God. Amen? There are just some traditions that I just refuse to operate in, like women has to wear dresses and, you know, all that other stuff. And You know what I mean? And I'm, I know I might be making somebody mad right now, but that's okay. But, but, but listen, uh, and I know the scripture they're using under the law that a woman should be wearing a man's pants, but that is, that's not talking about clothes. That's talking about authority over and so make sure we keep the text in context when we start doing things like this. Amen? So listen, women, why your makeup? Some, some women. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't heard nothing from me. <laughs> I don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all don't put nothing on me. I hadn't said a word. I'm preaching the gospel here. 
Here's the principle about traditionalism. Complying to the structures and practices of our tradition can never make us acceptable to God. Blind adherence to tradition can actually make the word of God void in our lives. There's a scripture where Jesus said that many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, we've done all of these great things in your name. And man, Jesus said something that, I, man, let me tell you something. That, it, it's not something I ever want to hear. Jesus said, depart from me. But he didn't stop right there, saints of God. He said, you worker of iniquity. Oh, my God, man, that's, that's, that's a, those are some strong words, saints of God, which means I'm not going to allow my own personal traditions to keep me from following God. Amen. Amen. Point here, tradition alone can never make one righteous before God. You got that? All right, let me give you the last one. Ethnocentrism. Let me, don't, don't worry about it. It's a big word. Don't worry about it. This is what it means. The belief in the inherent superiority of one's own ethnic group or culture. Oh, y'all know I got to get into this, right? Y'all know I love disturbing the peace every now and again. Uh, ethnocentrism. Um, th that, that's the belief that you have to be a certain group. See, see, the Jews said, wait a minute. How can the Gentiles receive what we, see, they were racist. Because they thought nobody else could be filled with the spirit but them. But we do have a pseudo-ethnocentrism in the church, but it's based on a denomination. Come on, somebody. See, if you're not part of a certain denomination or go to a certain church, oh, glory to God, then there are some things you don't have access to, which is a lie from the pit of hell. The moment you got saved, you got access to everything that is in this Bible. For the Bible says... God is no respecter of person. If you want more from God, go get it. If you see somebody on a different level, they're not on that level in God based on their ethnicity. They're there based on their diligence. God will use you just as much as he used anybody else in his word. Come on, somebody. So don't think just because you're a certain race or you came or you don't have this and I grew up there. No, 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 no. When you got saved, all of that was destroyed because the blood of Jesus transcended race. If you look at in the book of Acts chapter 27, he said he made all out of one blood. One blood. We're all one in Jesus Christ. Don't you realize? Let me just see if I can help somebody here. Don't you realize there ain't going to be no racism in heaven? And you sitting down here on the earth and you talking about you a Christian, but you're a racist. Then you're not going to fit. I don't know where you're going, but you're not going to fit in heaven. Amen. See, this kind of preaching get, get me in trouble. Oh, I'm this way because I'm black. I'm this way because I'm Puerto Rican. I'm just mean like that. Everybody in my family mean. Well, I thought 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, if any man be in Christ, he's new. So that means it erases all of that. All that meanness and selfishness and... Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm just trying to give y'all some good teaching, that's all. 
Let me give you the principle here. Faith in Christ has obliterated, obliterated the significance of human categories of difference and comparison. Stop comparing yourself with somebody else. Apostle Paul said, when you compare yourself among yourselves, that is not wise. Listen, saints of God, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't, don't worry about it. Ask yourself, what am I doing in the Lord? What am I doing? If we just stay in our lanes, that's it. Listen, I can't do what Elder Diane does. I can't do what Jatana does. I can't do... What, what Pastor Lane does. I, I can't do what, what Elder Yel what Deacon, Deaconess Yelverton does. I, I can't do what Pastor Tim do. I'm going to stay in my lane. And if all of us just stay in our lanes, we will win this fight. But the moment we try to get in somebody else's lane, you know, when you, when you, when you, how many of you ran track? I, I ran a little track. And one thing about track, and I'm done, one thing about track, if if you were running side by side with somebody, and if you went, if you veered into their lane, it was not going to be pretty. Man, your feet get wrapped up, and I'm going to tell you, that stuff is not soft. <clears throat> Trust me, I know it, it's not soft. D don't ask me why, I just know. So when you move into somebody else's lane, neither one of you get to the finish line without injury. So if we can just get people in the church just to stay right there where God placed you. But listen, when the gun fires, don't just sit there. See, this is where a lot of people, see, see. See, a lot of people in the church are right there. Jesus said, I died for you. He said, I, I have come not to give you life, but to give it to you more abundantly. Bow! He shot the gun. And listen, and listen, you hear the crowd. But they, they're, not, they're not cheering for you because you hadn't even moved. Who are they cheering for? The ones who's running the race. So you sitting there like. And then when they're done, they go to the people who won the race. And you sitting here like, what? well, I thought they were cheering for me. Then you get jealous. I can't believe they gave him a trophy. I can't believe they got promoted to elder. <laughs> I can't believe pastor allowing them to lead that ministry. How dare him. <laughs> and you still at the, you still there at the starting. You still at the gate. Fussing. You still at the gate. Fussing. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody? <laughs> Okay, the blood of Jesus Christ makes any person free purely on the basis of faith and not a particular identity or racial category. I don't preach that racial mess in here. I truly believe that racism is not the root cause of all of this. It's sin. And the moment we address the symptom and not the root cause, we're still not going to get anywhere. And the moment we can, when the moment churches can start really addressing this, the, the real root problem is the moment we can get some things done. Amen? Amen. Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name.
We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.